African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, where we give you the African perspective. You're with me once again. It's 11 o'clock Central African time. I'm Benjamin Mushatama. You'll be with me until midday. And uh, thank you for joining us on uh, our shortwave service on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. DSTV, we're on, short, we're on uh, 802 on that audio bouquet. And you can also listen to us via our website on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, uh, today we're going to be looking at South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa attending the Commonwealth Summit looking for investment for his country. We asked the question on our social media today, why is it important for South Africa to position itself alongside Commonwealth countries? Is it important? Is it necessary uh, for this outreach that has been made by South Africa's President? As I mentioned, uh, a South African President Cyril Ramaphosa has been in uh, London, uh, speaking to various stakeholders. He told the Commonwealth leaders from around the world that South Africa is looking for investment as it enters a new era for confidence and hope. It came as Ramaphosa delivered a key address at a banquet to celebrate the Commonwealth Business Forum. Let's hear what he had to say. I have decided to appoint four special envoys on investment who will spend the next few months engaging both domestic and foreign investors on the opportunities that exist in our country. Now, these are people with valuable experience in the world of business, in the world of investment and finance, and they are people also who have extensive networks across a number of major markets. I'm therefore pleased and grateful that the following South Africans have agreed to our invitation to be the President's Special Envoys on Investment. Trevor Manuel, who is known to all of us as former Minister of Finance, is going to be my uh, investment envoy. Uh, Mr. Mkabisi Jonas, former Deputy Minister. Mr. Jaco Marie, a Chairman of Liberty and former CEO of Standard Bank. And the person who is not here, who couldn't join us, is Pumzile Langeni. She's the chairperson of Afroplast. Now, what task am I giving them? I've asked these wonderful South Africans to travel across the world, to troll the world, and indeed to go from would-be investor to would-be investor in our own country with a view of encouraging would-be investors to come and invest in our economy, and I'd like them to travel the world and go through a number of countries on the African continent. Africa has not really, the rest of the African continent, that is, has not really come forth to invest in our economy and would like to make a drive and invest, invite African investors to come to the South African economy and invest here. We've had a few, but we believe that we now need to drive uh, this whole process of inviting them to come and invest in our economy. 
I'd like them to travel to Asia, travel as many countries as possible, touch many num a number of uh, would-be investors, and invite them to come to the Middle East, to Europe, and to the Americas. Well, that's the voice there before the special envoy going into uh, the uh, Commonwealth Summit, uh, him introducing that particular envoy. That is the voice of the president of South Africa, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. Now we're going to be looking, is this something that is necessary for South Africa to realign itself with the Commonwealth countries? And why is this so important? And also contrasting that with the policy direction of South Africa. We know a lot of people have been speaking about the mining charter in terms of ownership in the mines and also the issue of land redistribution has one that has concerned economists historically in uh, the last uh, three years or so. We've got Davi Ruet who's joining us on the line. He's the chief economist at Efficient Group. Davi, thank you for giving us your time. Uh, good morning to you, and thank you for asking me. Now, look, Cyril Ramaphosa is in full swing in Europe, making a mini yep. diplomatic tour uh, before the Commonwealth heads of uh, government meeting taking place today and tomorrow. Uh, tell us a little bit what you think about this particular approach. What is the current president of South Africa trying to achieve here? Well, I think it's like a fresh breeze. I think uh, the, the president is doing absolutely all the right things. Uh, I think the impression so far, the people that I've spoken to, the local and international investors, analysts are all very excited about this specific approach by the president. So, so what do you think? The president understands the issues. Uh, the, uh, the president understands that the only way to grow an economy is to invest in that economy. And we all know that we have a lack of savings in South Africa, so we are pretty much dependent on foreigners to come and invest in South Africa. And the only way that we eventually can grow the economy is by investing, and of course, then that will lead to economic growth. So I think the president certainly is doing all the right things. Look, let's look at uh, the space that we find ourselves in. We know that uh, there seems to be a few challenges when it comes to the attractiveness of um, um, uh, investment into South Africa, also South Africa itself diversifying its offerings to the international community. And now we see Cyril Ramaphosa making the target amount for the South African delegation uh, of attraction to South Africa being $1.2 trillion. Is this a realistic goal? Well, yeah, the number actually is $100 billion, so it is 1.2 trillion rand. And let me try okay. to put it in perspective. Let me just try to put it in perspective. Uh, currently, South Africa invests less than 20% of GDP. Now, if you really want to grow the economy, if you really want to have a proper target for investments, it should be closer to about 30% of GDP. Last year, it was only 17% of GDP. Now, if we can succeed in getting $100 billion dollars over the next five years, and it is for, for a period of five years, uh, then roughly we can increase that number to, let's call it 25% roughly of GDP. And that can translate in an additional, say, 1% or 2% of economic growth. Of course, I say maybe and approximately and maybe because I just don't know exactly, but that's more or less the bigger numbers. Now, if we can get this economy to grow, an additional mm. 1% or 2% is really going to make a significant change. The economy this year is probably going to grow at less than 2%. Now, just imagine if we can suddenly increase that to 3% or even better. That is going to make a massive difference in things like, for example, poverty alleviation and job creation and the like. 
So, and, and that is exactly what the president is aiming for, to get that 100 billion rand or dollars over the next five years, and which will lead to all these wonderful things. The question, of course, is, is and certainly there are many investment opportunities in mm. South Africa, but the question is, is this good enough? And looking at the, 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 these envoys, looking at the, the panel that is put together, they are really, really hard hitters. They are people that can get South Africans can get the doors to open for South Africa. They can actually go into those offices where the big international fund managers are. And they can go to the big international uh, business people and, and they can make those appointments, which is quite often very difficult. But then the really tough work starts. And that is to get this, the second layer of South Africans to go and convince those guys to actually bring the money and sure. invest in South Africa. And that's not going to be easy because there are many mm. contradictions in South Africa as yeah, well. And sure. a very good example, yeah. And one example is, is that we want foreigners to, to come and invest in South Africa, but at the same time, we have a policy of expropriation without compensation. And that is a contradiction. We need to address things like that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us uh, there, Davi. We're getting analysis from the chief economist at Efficient Group, Davi Ruet, on the line looking at uh, South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa's visits to uh, uh, the Commonwealth Summit, which is underway today and will be ending tomorrow. Uh, and also, we'll come back and look at those contradictions that Davi was highlighting that I also alluded to when we started the program. You are listening to African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mishata. Stay with us as we continue this conversation. And remember, you can still interact with us on our social media. Give us your thoughts. Uh, why is it important for South Africa to position itself alongside Commonwealth countries? Give us your views there on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue or WhatsApp us on plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven. Channel Africa has good news for you. We have extended our reach. If you have an iPad or iPhone, download the Channel Africa iOS app at itunes.apple.com. If you have a cell phone, then get our Android app at Google Store. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms, on shortwave, on our internet service, and also if you're listening to us on DSTV, on the audio bouquet. Today we're looking into Sir Rama's Posa into uh, London, and we know that uh, the big gathering is uh, the Commonwealth Summits. The heads of government will be meeting today and tomorrow, but he's also made a few strides in his first few days since the beginning of the week in terms of uh, investment attraction into South Africa. Now, I want to come back to you, Davi, before we uh, zoom into that particular point that you made was very important, looking at the policy contradictions that we are seeing in South Africa versus uh, uh, the... um, economic environment that is in the country. Why is it important for us to actually have this Commonwealth relationship? Do we have a historical context in this regard? Yeah, certainly. Uh, there was, if you go back 100 years, the biggest uh, economic power in the world, and that's not that really that long ago, 100 years ago, was, uh, was the United Kingdom. And the uh, United Kingdom, of course, was the colonial uh, uh, colonial boss, if you so to speak, of South Africa. That was a big colonial power in South Africa, and in the biggest part of Africa, in fact. And that is the, and what we have today is the so-called Commonwealth, 
And the Commonwealth is a loose grouping of previous United Kingdom um, colonies, mostly. Uh, many of those countries, we do a lot of business with many of those countries. Many of those countries are around us, and many of those countries are in the East. Uh, and, of course, many uh, the United Kingdom themselves is very important. In fact, the United Kingdom is one of the biggest investors in South Africa themselves. So I think it's an excellent platform. It's a very good place to start. Unfortunately, and this is the reality, is that uh, the Commonwealth is not the same powerful organization it used to be. But fortunately, South Africa also belongs to other clubs, and another very important club mm. is, is BRICS, as an example. Sure. And, 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 and certainly, we have to really beat that drum as well and see what we can get to the, the BRICS partners to invest and to do more business with South Africa as well. But we have to make use of all opportunities, and the Commonwealth, certainly without a doubt, is one of those platforms that we can use to market South Africa. Well, there have been a lot of conversations and critics who have actually said the Commonwealth has no longer that strong formation as it used to be. And uh, do you think the Commonwealth countries can turn things around? Already we've seen um, a commitment from uh, um, Theresa May meeting with uh, Cyril Ramaphosa with reports saying that uh, Ramaphosa has secured 857 uh, million rands uh, from a new UK funding over the next four years. What are your thoughts around those kind of transactions? And lots of people asking what benefits will the UK be getting and why is South Africa an interest for the United Kingdom? Well, I think there are two answers to that. The one has to do with politics and the other one has to do with business itself. Mm, and, mm. and remember, you know, this 50, I think it's 50 million pounds that Theresa May promised investments from the UK to South Africa. Of course, it's a lot of money, but it's really more symbolic than anything else. And I think uh, there's uh, politics, you always have to keep an eye on politics. It is important for the United Kingdom uh, to make sure that they still have an influence in South Africa for, for other political reasons. And I think this is part of that as well. But from, really from a business point of view, certainly, if she wants to do business, if she's putting money in South Africa, that will, of course, uh, uh, market South Africa to amongst their own business people and give the opportunity or at least the impression that their political leader is interested in South Africa, and that may just spark an interest uh, from other investors in the UK investing in South Africa as well. But in the end, what really matters is not the 50 million pounds here and there. In the end, what really matters is this huge demand for people wanting to invest in South Africa. Now, let me give an example. If you do, uh, talk to uh, big international investors, there are two countries that are simply standing out above everybody else. And the one is certainly China. Everybody wants to be in China. Sure. They want to be there. And the other one certainly is India as well. Everybody wants to be in India because India is doing so well as an economy as well. So, so and that's where we need to be in the end. Not to, to continuously trying to market South Africa, but we have to be so attractive that people would want to come to South Africa because of the wonderful economic opportunities that we, that we provide. And that's not always the case. Well, th- that's true what you're saying there, Darby, yeah. because you're contrasting it with uh, two countries, India and China, that have a huge investment attractiveness uh, currently. And because of the fact that they have a huge emphasis on manufacturing, and also we know India has diversified its uh, attractiveness with its agricultural sector, yeah. and also the fact that they're also becoming a powerhouse when it comes to technological advances. Do we have the same VUMA? Do we have the same angst? to compete with that because on the manufacturing side, we haven't really emphasized our industrialization on that uh, area. 
Good you mentioning that because I know part of the plan of the president is to put a lot of emphasis on the manufacturing industry. Now, the manufacturing industry is important for a number of reasons. One is that traditionally many countries, and I think China is a very good example of that as well, but traditionally is that uh, if you can create a good industrial base, that means factories and things, you can use that to kind of leapfrog uh, into the world of business and to really pull your economy along very, very strongly if you are successful in industrializing your economy. Sure. South Africa, in fact, has been de-industrializing the last couple of, of years. We are quite good in certain sectors, like finance, for example, in the service industry, but we're not good in the industrial sector. Now, the big, mm. the, the big challenge here, and we have to be very, very careful here, if we try to market South Africa as an industrial um, investment destination only, mm. we have to be careful that are, that we are actually going to be successful. And I'm not so sure that we're necessarily going to be successful. We could, but remember South Africa is relatively far away. You don't necessarily need to go through an industrial process. In fact, the International Monetary Fund just brought out a report recently where they say countries shouldn't necessarily follow the industrial uh, business plan to get the economies going. We have some certain other things that we can maybe concentrate on as well. Now, the reason why I mention this is because there's another very really important factor to, that, uh, to, to manufacturing, sure. mm. and that is job creation. We mm. all know that there are high levels of unemployment, and that is one of our major dilemmas. Mm. Even if we do get investments in, in industry in South Africa, do we have the people that are properly trained in South Africa? Uh, very importantly, and, and I would guess no. And secondly, and this is perhaps even more important, do we have the labor relations to, mm. to, to make it attractive to investment in South Africa and I'm also not sure whether we have the labor relations. And I'm not even talking about things mm. like labor legislation and stuff like that. So there are many other issues that we need to address in South Africa as well. And it's not only about just getting and conversing an international guy to come and start a factory in South Africa. There's much, much more to that as well. Well, we also have that uh, problem of the contradictions, and we'll look at those after uh, we listen to this uh, uh, conversation that uh, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa uh, spoke to Commonwealth leaders from around the world yesterday. And as I mentioned when we started the program, he was speaking to a banquet to uh, celebrate the Commonwealth Business Forum uh, uh, on uh, Tuesday. Um, Catherine Drew uh, reports from London. South African ministers and the president joined heads of government and diplomats from around the world at a banquet dinner in London's Guildhall. Their president, Ramaphosa, described his visit to Britain's Queen Elizabeth II earlier that day as they discussed their friendship with Nelson Mandela. The president paid tribute to the former leader and most particularly his wife. If there ever was a woman who suffered immensely in our country because of our struggle, it was Winnie Mandela. But she was strong enough to say, even as they subjected her to great torture and to all the suffering she endured, as he went to prison, and I want to quote something she said, she said, they think because they have put my husband on an island that he will be forgotten. They are wrong. The harder they try to silence him, the louder I will become. He said South Africa is entering a new era of confidence and hope, renewing the fight against corruption and investing in services such as education and health as it seeks to return to the country envisaged by Mandela.
the state that was so well put together by Nelson Mandela had started losing its shine. And what we are seeking to do now is to rebuild that state and to bring back the shine that Nelson Mandela had worked so carefully to put together and to create the new South Africa that most of you were so proud of. The way to achieve this, the president said, was by creating jobs and investment, not just for South Africa, but for the continent, something he hoped the Commonwealth Business Forum could help deliver. When I used to attend the Commonwealth Business Forum then, we used to say that this was a place where you moved from contact to contract as a business person. I hope it is still has that great allure to it, for I, as the President of South Africa, am here to do good business deals to attract investments to South Africa and indeed to Africa, our continent. At a time when some question whether the Commonwealth Group of 53 nations is still relevant, President Ramaphosa said the group of old friends must work together to create jobs for young people, alleviate poverty and navigate technological challenges. After a Tuesday that was full of ceremony, Wednesday focuses much more on business, with the South African president joining other African Commonwealth leaders for a roundtable discussion and a lunchtime meeting with business leaders and investors. It'll be another chance for the South African leader to promote his message that South Africa is open for investment. Catherine Drew, SABC News in London. Well, uh, that is the topic of we having today, the discussion around Cyril Ramaphosa's attempt to bring investment into South Africa. And there you heard him actually saying that it's not only about South Africa, but also from a continental level that he would like to see investment uh, from the Commonwealth countries. And the contradiction is what we were saying earlier on, as, might, as much as he says that uh, he wants to bring a more of a shining hope in terms of the attractiveness of South Africa and the continent Davi there's still the confusion around the issues around the mining charter when we talk about percentages yeah. of ownerships there that's still pending the land debate in South Africa is also heated up and is also creating an environment that is very uh, nervous for investors how does this play South Africa in terms of investment attractiveness yeah and maybe let me just make a comment about what the president just said sure, go ahead. the shine sure. yeah, the shine of the South African state now, without a doubt, the last 10 years was a disaster for South Africa. If you look at the state-owned enterprises, if you look at ESCOM particularly, remember, if you want to invest in South Africa, if you want to start a factory, you have to have electricity. And, you, and, and electricity has to be properly priced, and it has to be reliable. And that's just not the case because of the mismanagement of the state-owned enterprises. I read a report this mm. morning. ESCOM is financially very, very deep in trouble. And they're asking for a, an increase of 30% in electricity prices. I don't think they should get it, and, and I don't think they're going to get that. Mm. But they are very, very deep in trouble. Now, those are the sort of practical realities that international investors will have to grapple with and make a call. Am I going to put my factory in, in, in Vietnam, or am I going to put my factory in South Africa as well? And it's not only ESCOM. There are many other issues. We've got infrastructural problems in South Africa. South Africa is a huge country. Uh, and it's not always easy getting things from A to B, and we need mm. to fix those sort of things. But, but uh, 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 the, the, the question you ask about some other contradictions, there are many other contradictions as well. The expropriation debate, that is something that I 
come across just about every day. People ask me, last night I had the opportunity to speak to investors again, and they asked me, all of them, about this expropriation policy. What does it mean? What does it mean, expropriation without compensation? Does it mean you're going to take somebody's, and it's not only about land, it's about all assets, that, that private property rights will not be protected in future, and that is always question number one. If anybody wants to invest somewhere, they ask the question, is my investment going to be safe? And I don't know how to answer them because I don't know what it really means, expropriation without compensation. And then there are many other issues as well, like, for example, the minimum wage. That's another contradiction. If you implement it, you want to create jobs, but at the same time, you want to implement a minimum wage. It will lead to an un- increase in unemployment. We don't know how much, but it will, all the studies suggest there's going to be an increase in unemployment. But the studies disagree on how much that increase is going to be. And then some other issues as well, like, for instance, how complicated South Africa's tax system is. That is quite complicated. It is getting even more complicated. The tax burden keeps on going up. And those sort of things. Those are issues that we need to address. Uh, if we really want to attract international and local investors mm. to invest in South Africa. Well, that's the voice there of Davi Uret, Chief Economist at Efficient uh, Group, and uh, we're looking at uh, the attractiveness of South Africa uh, at the Commonwealth uh, Summit. We know that there's a big, big uh, focus uh, on trying to actually restore um, the economy of South Africa and its growth. We know there's challenges of a huge unemployment uh, gap there, and uh, we know all also that South Africa also has an infrastructural backlog when we come to issues of electricity that can be affected, that can be uh, highlighted, especially when you look at uh, state uh, uh, peristatals and how they've been managed. We'll come back to this conversation with Davi after this break as we're about to wrap up the conversation. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, where we give you things from an African perspective. Well, today we are looking at Sir Ramaphosa's visit and his uh, focus on the Commonwealth investments. And he's already uh, went uh, ahead of securing a deal with uh, uh, the UK uh, with an 857 million rands uh, over the next uh, four years. And... uh, uh, the genuineness of that is also being questioned by a lot of you tweeters and listeners. Uh, so that's also a very interesting aspect of things. But we've been speaking to Davi Rich, Chief Economist at Efficient uh, Group. Let's move on to our other uh, economist here, Ian uh, uh, Craig Shank, who's joining us from the Institute of Race Relations. He's a chief economist there. Well, we've been speaking about the contradictions, Ian, of South Africa's um, land policy, the Mining chart is still also a pending issue, and that contrasting that with Cyril uh, Ramaphosa's uh, Commonwealth ambition. What are your thoughts on that? 
The first point is, let's look at the positive side first. I sure. think that's important. Yeah. The fact is, they're making an effort. They realize that we are critically short of capital and doing something about it. When I say critically short, in 2008, foreign direct investment, this is foreign investment in plant and equipment and factory and so on, 26 billion rand. In 2017, less than 10 years later, it was 17 billion rand. So that is the direction that's been taken. That's why it is so important to go and try and raise uh, the, the capital outside South Africa if there is still any, any supply potential there. But we do have a couple of good points to make. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and that is confidence, uh, since Mr. Ramaphosa's appointment as president, has, has made a huge leap. And this turnaround may be just what we need to encourage confidence leading to investment, leading to new, uh, new mm -hmm. plant and equipment, and new job creation. You know, that is the aim of it. Is it possible? Yes, but the, but the hurdles are very high. Well, let's look at what I asked you in terms of South Africa's policy because, you know, the contradictions are there. And when I was speaking to Darvi earlier on, uh, he was highlighting the fact that uh, that makes investors nervous, especially the issue of uh, uh, the land debate in South Africa and also issues of ownership when it comes to uh, the, the, the mining sector makes uh, investors nervous. How do you actually now um, work around those particular issues? And uh, what direction do you think South Africa will take to actually uh, supplement those uh, topics? Well, there's a bit of a contradiction. What, what direction do I think they will take and what do I hope they will take? But, okay. but nevertheless, uh, what we have to say is that foreigners, that they've, they've got a government has to clear up three things. And this is what, what, what drives foreign investment. First of all, security of assets. You can't say that compensation, uh, that, that confiscation without compensation is going to encourage uh, foreigners. It's going to dis encourage the removal of capital because foreigners are saying, well, if, you ca if we come along and say, gee, that's a nice-looking business, that's a good-looking start you're making, and we, under BE regulations, have just moved the percentage up and we'll take so much of it, and no, we're not going to pay for it. That doesn't go at all. Mr. Ramaphosa has to convince potential investors that that's going to be moderated to some extent. And the other two points, which are very important, we have to be able to con convince foreign uh, industrialists that we have a reliable, cost-effective electricity supply. You can't come along and say every year we want 20% or something like that increase in tariffs. That's not cost-effective. You can't plan business that way. And the third point, also very important, is to get the buy-in of the labor movement who must understand, yes, they want greater, way, higher wages, but there is a straight line between coming from higher productivity to higher wages. Now, Mr. Ramaphosa has to be able to take those three points and say, we've got it under control. We're going to manage this uh, in such a way that it will encourage investors. At the moment, mm. What government has had to say is not encouraging that, and especially expropriation without compensation is simply saying, don't, you know, don't phone us, we're not interested. Also, the contradiction comes back uh, with the special envoy because they seem yes. to be very traditional 
business people. They don't seem like leftists with their history when it comes to their business acumen. When you look at the likes of Trevor Manuel, Nabisi Jonas, when you see Pumzile Langeni, and everyone is talking around this economic advisor, Trudy Makaya. So you're also seeing the fact that uh, this left-wing policy direction of the ANC is not implemented with this uh, formation of the special envoy. I don't see anyone on the left here, and that further entrenches the contradiction with talking about Ian yes well let's just say first of all you don't see of course there's a huge uh, contradiction there and do we really want to emphasize the fact that we have leftist tendencies mm. no that will not encourage foreign capitalists capitalists to advancing us some of their precious capital we've got to say we're going to be an investment friendly uh, private sector uh, demand type economy and uh, we're going to see that you not only have security of your capital, that you are likely to get a good return on your capital. That's not leftist and uh, and I think that is why the ANC as a party have to realize if they want this capital, they've got to adopt a slightly more business-friendly policy. And uh, what you're suggesting mm. is, is saying, you know, where are the leftists on, on this, mm. this grouping? Well, I'm sorry, I'm not sure that they would have a heck of a lot to add <laughs> to this particular party. Uh, you know, we're looking for, for capital coming from the business sector in these mm-hmm. other countries. Well, there we are. That speaks for itself as for what we want and what we don't want. Are we not now going to have a hypocritical economic approach as a country if Cyril Ramaphosa is starting off things like this? Well, is he not perhaps trying to lead gently at first uh, the party in the direction which will produce the results that he's now saying we're going to get? Um, I think there has to be a modification of, of what has been said recently by government, by parliament, and, and uh, if, they, if they don't do that, then I'm afraid uh, this, this adventure is going to be doomed. And, and, and that's not that's going the wrong direction. We have to say, look, we're at least interested in public-private partnerships. Let's see what the private sector uh, can offer to us in raising capital, in putting it to work, and getting results. If that's not done, then I'm afraid the chances of success in this venture are considerably diminished, and that would be a shame. Well, let's uh, wrap it up with this final question, Ian. Yes, our economy has been sluggish, especially when it comes to growth. Do you see this particular uh, first economic or investment uh, tour of Cyril Ramaphosa uh, going to have any form of impact? We've already had a first uh, impact in terms of uh, securing that 857 million rands uh, of the UK funding, but that's a small portion of what is required in uh, actually uplifting the South African economy. Yes, look, let's look at what's retired, $100 billion. That's one and a quarter trillion rand. Wow, that's a mm, massive sure. amount in South African terms. Um, is, is, there, is there a chance of success? Yes, if, if government follows Mr. Ramaphosa and we find out that he is sincere and that he has the power to pull the party with him, then we have a chance. Otherwise, I'm afraid, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible. But yes, there is a chance. There's a huge amount of goodwill in South Africa. We do see a slight upturn in business confidence. It's still at a low level, but perhaps it's a level which is slightly off uh, the lower basement which we had descended to, and that may just encourage a bit more uh, investment, both uh, from domestic and international sources. 
Well, thank you so much, Ian, for giving us your insights and uh, really helping us unpack those contradictions and the way forward. That is Ian Crickshanks, who is the Chief Economist at the Institute of Race Relations, uh, joining us there on the line. Thank you, sir, for giving us your time. Thank you. And before him, we had Davi Rutt, Chief Economist at Efficient Group, also highlighting the very same sentiments of uh, almost the left-wing direction uh, of the policy that uh, the ANC is adopting. When it be looking at this particular panel, it does not actually reflect the special envoy, doesn't reflect uh, uh, the sentiments of the ANC policy. When you look at the Ngebisi Jonas, when you look at the uh, Pumzile Langenis, the Jacques Maries, it seems like it's business as usual for South Africa. What do those contradictions mean for South Africa? What are your thoughts? Do you interact with us at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue? Those are our two Twitter handles. Remember, we also have for that whatsapp number that you can keep interacting with us on uh, that's uh, plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven